Hello, hello, this is Jonathan and you're listening to the Johnny Talks Podcast, the place where we help you achieve your financial goals. Welcome, dear friend, to the second episode of the Johnny Talks Podcast. And I'm very excited to have my very first guest on the show, Virginia Elder. Virginia will share with us her story of how she got into a massive debt of $80,000. Yes, you heard that right, $80,000. We will go through why and how she got into this huge amount of debt, how she experienced the situation, and how she got out of it, luckily, and how she now lives a happy, healthy, abundant life. This episode is definitely for you if you're facing some kind of debt at the moment, or maybe you have a friend, a family member, an acquaintance that is facing debt. Make sure you share the story with them, because I'm pretty convinced that by listening to Virginia's story, they will hear the story of a mother who didn't want this impressive debt to impact on the future of her children. Worked out a plan, stick to it, and get out of it. That story will inspire them to take action. And without further ado, let's hear it. Hello, Virginia. How are you today? I'm great. Super excited to be here. Yeah, me too. We are uh, welcome to the show, and I'm excited to have you here uh, on the Johnny Talks podcast and uh, to hear your story uh, that you will tell us uh, today. Uh, just a little word for our listeners. So Virginia Elder uh, and I, we met through a Facebook group of uh, personal finance bloggers, content producers, etc. So we get in touch as uh, she helped me write an article, which I will link in the show notes. And then we, beyond that, uh, beyond that collaboration, yeah, we started to talk a bit more. We had a Skype call and then we got to know each other better and we shared our personal finance stories. And the thing is, what came out of this conversation is that uh, Virginia have, uh, has an incredible personal finance story about getting into massive debt, but luckily as well for us, to get out, to get out of, uh, she got out of that massive debt, and uh, we thought we agreed that it was a, 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 I mean, a very good idea to have as an interview in uh, in the show and to share with our audience and maybe to help anyone that could face this uh, situation. So yeah, I think uh, without further ado, um, Virginia, are you ready? Yes, yes. I'm gonna share all the details. Okay, fantastic. <laughs> That's what we want. And uh, so let's start with the let's start with the start. So you you were living a perfectly happy life, and then mm -hmm. debt debt crushed you. What what happened? Absolutely. Um, we we got married young. We did well. Um, we both had great jobs. We managed our finances well. We moved a couple times. So so you have um, uh, you live with a, your husband and kids, right? Yes, yes. Uh, at this point now, I've been married um, 14 years, mm -hmm. and I have two lovely young children. Um, the rock bottom moment really snuck up on us because of uh, a compounding effect of large, unplanned, unexpected decisions happening mm -hmm. in a short, quick period of time. Uh, and it just really threw us off. We we under anticipated the expense of having children. Mm -hmm. We had just recently bought a new house. We had a vehicle basically crash and burn on us. So at that point, we didn't really know what else to do. We went and financed a vehicle. So everything and happened kind of in the quickly. same moments. The the car, the kids. Yes. And on top of all that, um, the, the biggest factor of this all was we volunteered to help my mother out uh, with a very significant life-changing situation she was going through. Okay, And it was one of those things where I led with my heart. Um, we are all emotional beings. Of course. And it's very important for us to be in tune with our emotions, right? Absolutely. But this was one of those things where I, I let that take over. And I told her, you know what? We'll do whatever it takes. We'll be by your side. Of we'll course. help it's you. It's your too. mom. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And um, this life changing expense for her mm -hmm. uh, ended up really affecting us so so if i um 
So you have a lot of life-changing events at once. And then on top of that, you have your, your mom's situation that changed. How, what's the biggest, what was the biggest change? Is it your, your mom or, or the, the, the rest, the car, the kids, the... Yes. Yeah, so my mom's, um, it was actually her attorney's fees mm -hmm. that I said that I would take care of mm -hmm. that ended up just being double, triple more than what we ever imagined they wow. would be. And, and I had made this commitment to her, right? So I felt obligated mm -hmm. to, to help her out. And then at the same time, I felt not responsible. That's not the right word, but Here, my husband and I, we're two incomes. We both have degrees. Mm -hmm. We are professionals. So I felt like there's a, a lot larger of a chance that we could afford this and help her mm -hmm. where she doesn't have these things. Makes sense. So there's no possible way that she could afford this. So who else is going to pay for this for her? We've got to help her, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so that ended up being um, yeah, $60,000. Oh, wow. Of the yes of the 80,000 that I'll tell you about. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, when you're paying attorney's fees that quickly in a very short period of time, as well as managing medical things from having children and, um, this car payment. So that, that car note was about $20,000. So suddenly I find myself with a two-year-old and a newborn, and my mother living in the guest room, and $80,000 in debt. Wow. And, and, and in how much time did it go from zero to 80,000? <laughs> Do you have a, a timeline yes. on that approximately? Yeah. Well, to build up? Yeah. Um, gosh, all within about two to three years. Wow. But it's it's a lot. It's, yes. I cannot imagine that uh, happening to me. Absolutely. Well, and uh, because and and how did you manage to to kind of pay all the fees? I mean, where did that money come from? Just credit card debt? I mean, just has an endless pool yes, of money we, to, to pinch from. We did the best we absolutely could, right? Yeah. Um, I I got zero percent cards. We maxed out our credit. Mm -hmm. uh, luckily, we started this whole thing with quite a bit of savings and um, good, excellent credit. And we just kind of in panic mode, just trying to pay the bills as they came because they were coming so quickly within that two to three year time period. It was just a lot of panicked bill paying and just doing whatever it took. So mm. we did end up with that 60,000. That was all credit cards, all different wow. um, credit cards. And it got to the point where I knew this was going to be bad. Right. Yeah. You start to feel like this is just not going in the right direction. There's no possible way um, I could make money this fast in order to pay these things as well as my own living expenses and daycare for my children and things like that. Yeah. And so I started to kind of feel that misalignment. Mm -hmm. There's no better word for it. We were just completely misaligned with the life we expected and the bills that we were accumulating. And, um, yeah, I mean, there was definitely a lot of emotion involved. I was going to attorney's meetings and court dates and also balancing working full time and having these new young, very, very young children. Yeah, yeah. And there was a lot of emotional strife happening throughout that short time period. So there's definitely like a rock bottom moment where I just said, you know what? This is not my future. This is not my children's future. Mm -hmm. I am angry. I am <laughs> not okay with this. So you, And, you from overwhelmed? Oh, absolutely. Uh, you became, you, your feelings changed. Absolutely. To, to, from overwhelmed to angry. Yes. Okay. Yes. It, it's almost like, um, like the grief cycle, <laughs> you know, yeah, when, exactly. when someone passes away or you go through a, a large emotional thing like that, you do, you go from being panicked and overwhelmed mm -hmm. and feeling like everyone's against you and what am I going to do? And I don't know where to turn to being like, all right, hold up. I'm not okay with this. I, this is done. This is over. This is not my future. I'm mad. I can't believe this happened. Mm -hmm. 
but I'm going to take action. I'm going to fix it. And was there a, a specific event that sparked this or was it just like suddenly one day you woke up and no, this cannot go. I need to take action or was it just, yeah. a, 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 did you have a pivotal moment or something? Absolutely. Um, I will never forget because it was just as a mother, it, it really meant so much to me. So of course the stress was building up over time mm -hmm. and I found myself at home on maternity leave, which of course that means my income was a little bit cut. Um, here in the U S you only get 60% of your income for those six to eight weeks that you're home with your new baby. Mm -hmm. So I'm feeling all this pressure, right? Yeah. I'm all this has been building up for months and months. I'm holding my newborn daughter. I'm rocking her in a rocking chair. My son, he's two years old. He's so sweet. He's playing on the floor. And there I am crying, just tears running down my mm -hmm. face. And yeah. I am doing everything I can possibly do to not start sniffling and making the crying noises. Yeah, 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 sure. <laughs> because I don't want them to, to notice. Mm -hmm. I'm in that moment, I am fearing that my children notice my emotions. As a mother, that's hurtful. That's that really gets to your heart. Um, and and that's the moment, you know, I'm looking at my baby's faces and I'm sitting there thinking, this is ridiculous. I'm hiding my own emotions because of the problems that I've allowed to come mm -hmm. into my life. Mm -hmm. This isn't their fault. This isn't their future. It's not fair to them that they were brought into this household with this level of financial stress. This isn't the picture that I wanted for my children. And from that moment forward, I, I just said, this is it. This isn't the life that I want for them. And I'm going to do everything I can to create the life that I expect for them to be able to have opportunity. Awesome. And I knew that, you know, with that level of debt and that level of financial stress, mm -hmm. there was no way that I could provide the opportunity for their lives that I expected. Yeah. And so something had to change. Okay. So this is the revelation, the, the, the pivotal moment. Exactly. So uh, how did you go from there? What, what changed? What, what, what actions did you take to, because by then you were $80,000 in debt. It's, yes, it's massive. It's, it's, it was insane. I still yeah. look back and I don't even know how we made it. Mm -hmm. Um, we had gotten to a point, honestly, where just the minimum payments on our credit cards alone mm -hmm. were over $800 a month. So when you're looking at, you have your regular mortgage, you have daycare for two children, mm -hmm. you have, you know, I mentioned we had a car payment. Yeah. Um, luckily, we only had one. A lot, a lot of families have two car payments. Yes. Yeah. Um, and then we have like regular utilities and living expenses. And then plus the those massive amount of minimum payments due on credit cards. We could not cover everything. So part of the panic was, okay, if I can't pay for something, what am I going to not pay for? Who's not going to receive money this month? Mm -hmm. What's, what's happened? And we had already cut out everything, right? We had cut our cable. We were not going out to eat. We were doing all of the cutting, budgeting type things that were possible because mm -hmm. it had already built over time, right? I had already begun to try to manage things. Yeah, of course. And at this point, it was like, all right, who do I got to call? <laughs> <laughs> who is getting the first phone call saying, Sorry, you're not getting a payment this month. Yeah. How can we work together? And um, to be honest, we looked at bankruptcy. I learned that you have to pay to file bankruptcy. Clearly, that was not an option. Okay, so you're in debt. You're already suffering. And then you need to even pay? Yes. Uh -huh. I learned wow. that you have to pay a fee. Mm -hmm. plus, plus likely attorney's fees, right? Because you have to go to an attorney to even try to file bankruptcy. Yeah. Then you have to apply <laughs> and be qualified to file bankruptcy. They're going to judge you based on your income and your situation. So, so you, you're applying, okay, like a CV, like a whatever, a job. Uh, 
How crazy is that? Okay. It was the craziest thing. So that, that was a learning experience. Mm -hmm. I didn't know that. Um, at that point we had, we couldn't make our payments. So how on earth would I come up with attorney's fees to pay to file for bankruptcy? That just Mm. seemed absolutely crazy to me. So we didn't do that. And I decided, you know, there's got to be another way. Mm-hmm. We, we have to choose another option. And I started to think, you know, I'm never going to do this again. I'm never going to get in this situation again. I don't ever want to have to rely on my credit score ever again. Mm-hmm. It's already really bad because, uh, you know, it started out really great. And with the accumulation of this debt and the situation, it had already started to sink. So I'm not so worried about saving my credit score. So if someone is going to have to be pushed off and not get their payment this month, then that's what I have to do. I just had to become okay with just making choices that were best for my family and me and just really not caring what anybody else thought, whether that be how we look, how we act, what car we drive, mm-hmm. who gets a payment, whatever. So, so, the, so it's started, just in, sorry to interrupt, but then uh-huh. it looks like in this phase, you, you're still emotional, but it looks oh, like yeah. the, the, it, it, you know, the rational is becoming higher than the, or it's, ta- it's picking up slowly in the, uh, in a way, like I hear in your story, less, less emotion. I mean, less yes. emotional stress and more like okay how am i going to do this why what actions can i take regardless of what people think of what uh, who is going to yeah. be paid so no it's it's sorry to say it's uh, interesting to hear i mean yeah yeah, yeah. um it's interesting for me to look back mm-hmm. yeah definitely <laughs> with yeah. all the knowledge that i have now it's shocking to me that I was able to do that, mm-hmm. um, to, to even get into that situation and then to have to go through these steps to be able to resolve the situation. Yeah. So, so how did you manage your daily money, like food expenses? How did you manage, for example, those $800 that you, how, how did that happen? Or who did you stop paying? Yes. Great question. Um, so this is where I really consider the beginning of my personal finance journey to have started. Now I'm fully in this 100%. I'm a financial coach. My life has completely changed now. And this is, you know, we're talking about those moments that are at the very beginning. I started to look for resources. I found Dave Ramsey. I found podcasts, I found books, I really started to dig in and I figured out, you know what, I need to educate myself, Mm -hmm. I need to figure out how to strategize, how to prioritize which payment, um, you know, is going to get missed Mm -hmm. if I have to do that, which bill I should focus on paying off first, how am I going to do this? I learned about cash budgeting. I learned about the envelope system. And of course, at that point, we were so backwards in the cycle where every penny practically that came into our checking account was already owed to someone, Mm -hmm. right? So no matter what paycheck we received, our checking account balance was super small. And in order to do a cash budgeting or cash envelope system, Mm -hmm. you have to have a little bit of money. So I started calling credit cards. I just, I got them all out. I set them out on the table. I had a yellow um, notebook pad and I started dialing numbers. And, you know, this is one of those situations where my emotions at that time and the truth and the, the real raw desperation that was in my voice actually helped me out. Um, There were several credit card companies that worked with me. I remember one in particular put me on a drastically reduced interest rate, a very low, yes, thank goodness, a very low um, minimum payment that was due. Mm -hmm. And they told me that I had, I think it was 14 months to start to get comfortable with that minimum payment, which, Mm -hmm. you know, it went from hundreds of dollars due as a minimum Mm -hmm. down to like 40. Big break there. Absolutely. 
And, um, you know, of course I was so thankful and, and I knew, okay, like, yes, if, if just two more creditors could give me a break like this, then I could have, you know, cash and I could put them in my envelopes and I can grocery shop. And then the next time we get a paycheck in, then more money can go to the credit card. And it just started to build this strategy. Yeah. 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 And so every phone call that I made, um, now, honestly, I cannot remember how many credit cards we had at that point, but it was at least 10. Wow, that, that's impressive. We're, we're not used to this uh, here. <laughs> no, and don't be. It's not okay. <laughs> I will be already lost. You know, last year I, I cut one credit card because I thought, oh, three is too much. So let's. Yes. I'm not going to use this one anymore. Absolutely, wow. yeah. absolutely. And you never want to get to a point where you even have that many open in your name, much less having a maxed out balance on them. Yeah. This is not a good idea, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, let's get back to the story. So yeah. so so you were you were uh yeah doing the credit I mean optimizing your credit card or starting to mm-hmm. to to manage Calling- better your finances, uh, getting this I mean not re- rebates on the interest rate. Yes, and this is how so- you you little by little you you manage to to recover. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Every single credit card that I called mm-hmm. worked with me, except for one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not going to say any yeah. names, <laughs> <laughs> but I will say they they didn't. Um, they couldn't do anything about reducing my payment. They they couldn't you know couldn't in quotes here. Um, they couldn't reduce my interest rate. They could they couldn't work with me right. Yeah. But the person on the other line was very compassionate. And he, I remember he, he was very sad. He was like, I can't do any of these things. Uh, but what I can do is I, I understand that you are very tight on money. What I can do is send you a $100 gift card. It's a, just a, a gift card that you can use at any store, like a discover or visa or something like that. Mm-hmm. And he told me, you know, I want you to buy groceries for your kids. I'm so sorry I can't change anything on the account, but I hope that that little bit of help will allow you to free up some cash. But it's still awesome. Yes. And, And I remember there again, I'm getting off the phone and I'm crying, not because I'm angry or sad or upset, but that. You know, he did what he could to help me. Yeah, exactly. It sounds like that. Yeah. I absolutely appreciated that $100. So little by little, Every creditor that I called, I was getting either an interest rate reduced, a minimum payment reduced. I was being put on a um, plan to be able to manage the debt over a much longer period of time where the interest wouldn't accumulate so quickly. Mm-hmm. And and each and every one of those allowed me to have a little bit of extra space awesome. to where our minimum payments were suddenly manageable. And so then the next pay period, I did exactly that. And I took out some cash and maybe it was just $50, right? But we went to the grocery store. We got a few things. We had $10 left over and we survived the week Mm -hmm. based on that. At the same time, I got really resourceful. I started looking around the house, finding things that I could sell, that I could clean out. My babies were growing. So every time they grew out of a size of clothes, I bagged it up and I sold it for, you know, $50 for a a garbage bag full of baby clothes. Um, $50 meant a lot to me. Yeah, absolutely. Every step of the way, you know, that $50 went into my groceries so that the next paycheck that could come in, it could pay for the credit cards. And just time and time again, that's what we did. And you still had the the same type of job then, uh, both you and your husband? Yes. So Um. at that time, uh, when I I started to have children uh, Mm -hmm. with my two-year-old, when I was pregnant with him, I had started a brand new job. Mm-hmm. And so luckily that job was very consistent. I had two maternity leaves with them. They were very good to me through those maternity leaves. And yes, my husband is a teacher and a coach and his income, thank goodness, is very reliable. And we just plugged away. Um, the difference with these is that I had the potential for bonus and, you know, as a teacher, he doesn't really have yeah, that exactly. option. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> so there again, the pressure was on me 
You know, not Mm. only did I need to clean up this mess, but I had to work because I wanted to qualify for those bonuses so bad just so that I could make some, some additional headway on the debt. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, and how did you, um, during those times where you were kind of recovering bit by bit, um, how was your entourage doing? I mean, how did they notice? Did they invite you to dinner or did they invite you less? Uh, how did your s- social circle change or not? Yes. Uh, how did they react? How did you react? Yes, that is such a good question. That's honestly a piece that I tend to forget about. So I love that you reminded me about that. Um We had several friends that we were very honest with Mm -hmm. and we said, you know what? And they could see it happening. You know, they saw my mom living with us and they saw things going on and they saw us being really frugal. They could tell that we said no sometimes to going out because we couldn't afford it. Mm -hmm. And some of the nicest moments are when they said, you know what? We know what's going on. Come anyways, we got you. Yeah, excellent. Tab. And to this day, those are some of our best friends because they truly know us. They yeah. truly <laughs> know everything that we went through. There's no hiding. So, yes, uh, we definitely went out less. Um, we took our kids out of some activities. My desire for the little babies, you know, we want to go to these little, um, they call it gymboree where they, they climb over these padded, oh, yeah, yeah. kind of a kindergarten, yeah, I mean, like a, like, yeah. playground. Play. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. And <clears throat> we wanted to do that stuff. We felt like it was important for their development, but we only did it sometimes because of the cost, because yeah. our focus was somewhere else. And we knew If we cleaned up the mess, then for the rest of their lives, we would be able to do whatever. And that those would be the ages where they would have these memories. And so we were able to say, you know what? This stinks, but they're zero and two years old. They're not going to remember this. So this is the perfect time to be frugal, to stay home, Mm -hmm. to be cheap, and to clean up this mess so that when they do remember, then we're going to be okay. Yeah, I hereby thanks my parents who took me to all fantastic places during my uh, zero and two years. I don't remember nothing. So no, no, but it's true. Exactly. Huh? You, you make a, you make a fair point. You know, it's uh, yeah. I'm sure exactly. my parents took me to some places and say, oh yeah, he's gonna have so much fun, and that's uh, valid for all children. But yeah, it, it was a very, very good decision actually. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So for any parents that are listening out there, <laughs> if you're in debt. <laughs> Yes, if your kids are under seven years old, they aren't going to remember where you took them. Yeah. <laughs> so use your money to pay off debt and build savings and <laughs> save it for those trips and the Disney World and all of that for when they are seven years old and above. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. excellent. <laughs> very good, very good. And this so this journey and then you, um, okay, you paying credit card by credit card and... When did the big, uh, how can I say, the big improvements or the big steps came in, if, if that came at all? Or was it very incremental or how did the how did the journey continue? Yes. So it was very incremental and very mm. slow, especially in the beginning when, yeah. you know, the, the hardest, extra, yeah. yeah, the extra that you have is only like $20. So you're thinking, okay, great. Well, I got to pay $20 extra on this mm-hmm. massive credit card. Um, You don't feel like you're getting anywhere, but you are, and it takes time, and it's slow. Um, I will fast forward and Mm -hmm. let you know that um, we did the the Dave Ramsey plan where they talk about the budget and the debt snowball. Yeah. We paid off our smallest debt first. That made sense to us, um, especially with all the phone calls I had made and with the interest rates being comparable. Um, it made more sense to strategize and pay things the smallest one first. And my car was the $20,000. So that was the single item that was the largest amount. And so when did you buy your car? Just uh, so that was at the, um, I mean, in the early phase of the debt accumulation, right? Yes. Um, Actually, when my son was newborn, before Mm -hmm. this whole thing blew up uh, with my mom, 
when my son was a newborn, we had two paid off older vehicles that we had paid cash for. Mm-hmm. And the one that my husband drove overheated one day yeah, and mm-hmm. yes, just actually caught on fire oh, whoa. <laughs> on his way. <laughs> I know. Right. On his way to work. Um, he, he had made it to the babysitter's house. Thank goodness. And I remember him, you know, he got my son inside and I remember him calling me from the babysitter's phone and saying, the car is outside smoking. What do I do? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, so of course that was before my daughter had come along. And, um, even at that point we were starting to manage my mom's situation mm-hmm. when my son was a newborn. And so already right then we didn't have any savings and the savings that we did have, I could not imagine just spending it down to zero to buy a, another vehicle for cash. Yeah. And, and I didn't feel like that would be enough anyways. Mm-hmm. So, of course, we have these, you know, 0% and and all of these enticing options. Oh, yeah. And 0% the first year and then it cranks up or something. Uh, this yeah. kind of deals. Yeah. yeah. And this was a, um, a hybrid car. So, you know, new models were coming out and they were trying to get rid of the old models and they did a 0% and we financed it for, I believe five years, which is a long time for a vehicle. Okay. So, so it was a new car, like a brand new from the garage, from the deal yeah, dealership. Yes. yes. Brand new from the dealership. So of course, around the time that my daughter was born, my car is two years old. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, we still have that, that large yeah, balance. Of course, you still have three years to pay. Okay. Exactly. Exactly. And just a question here, because why, Why did you go for a new car and not maybe say, oh, look, uh, we already have this situation with my mom and uh, and the two kids. Uh, why don't we go for a secondhand beater or something like a, like a 5,000? I don't know. Uh, I think you can yeah. even get cheaper cars in the US, but like a five to 10,000K. Uh... Yes, exactly. Um, such a good question. And that is where I really just think it's financial education. I think it's the fear that's marketed mm-hmm. to us that if you get an older vehicle, it's going to break down on you and it's not going to be reliable. And, um, you know, maybe if you have a couple thousand in savings and you go and you spend it to zero because yeah. you're buying a $2,000 car, mm-hmm. um, that, you know, a few weeks from now, it's going to break down and you're going to be screwed. So, that fear as a new parent mm-hmm. and we're already in a bad situation. So we're thinking, okay, we can't afford car repairs. And so let's just get something that's really reliable and brand new so that if something happens, the dealership has to fix it. Yeah. And I can't imagine, I mean, I've, I haven't been in the situation, but okay. There's a lack of financial education. There's a, exactly. there's a, already a lot of emotions for everything you have two new two newborns and then you have this car breaking down and you know i mean with kids you need a car so yes. i can't imagine that you know all this together okay you don't take the most uh, rational decision i mean it's uh, we're humans exactly. i mean exactly. and even and maybe even with financial education you would still make a stupid decision or a uh, yeah so in that case it yeah. would be stupid in your case it's not because okay you were not but I mean, yeah. you, you still make irrational decision in in those situations where your emotions takes over. I mean, it's it's just human. Exactly, yeah. and mm-hmm. and if I, um, you know, of course, fast forward to now, I never want to buy a new car again mm. um, because I am more aware of how to manage and and just the thought process. Right, mm-hmm. you sign up for a brand new vehicle, you're obligated to a $500 value car payment each month. Yeah. Okay. So the rationale is that you could afford that even though you've never been able to save $500 a month in your life. That doesn't make sense. But, uh, you know, on the flip side, if you had bought a cheaper car and you didn't have that $500 obligation each month mm-hmm. and something did break down, maybe, You know, it's a $200 repair. Okay, well, $200 in one month is a lot less than a $500 recurring uh, yeah, obligation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Yes. And I just didn't have that logic at that time. And yeah, it was a lot about emotions and fear mm-hmm. and um, lack of knowledge, honestly, about vehicles, about finance, about my emotions, mm-hmm. about everything. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, uh, yeah. And I think you're not the only one. So that's why we are doing this. We are sharing this and uh, not judging or anything. It's just how it is. Uh, and then, so fast forward, you. So you paid down those $80,000. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, yeah. How, how did you feel the day you paid that last dollar? <laughs> Gosh, I I just, I didn't believe it. I'll tell you that. Um, and how long so, did it take you to, to, to get from minus 80 to zero? So that was right at three years. It was just before my son's fifth birthday. Mm-hmm. So the the car, you know, from the date that we financed it and then accumulated all this debt and then paid off all the credit cards first, of course, because they were smaller. Mm-hmm. And then you finally get to that credit, uh, that car note. And it ended up being paid off like two to three months before the final payment would have been due. And so the time time. Just, awesome. <laughs> yeah, the timing was just crazy. And it was one of those things where as we built up steam and we were doing the snowball, each time you pay off something, then the money that you were paying gets allocated to the next thing. And so it builds and builds and builds. And so by the time I'm ready to just focus on the only cadet what we have left is mm-hmm. just the vehicle. I'm able to make double and triple payments. I mean, it was amazing. And that alone, I never thought was possible. And of course, this whole time I'm learning about personal finance. I'm reading uh, reading books, listening to podcasts. And I've just learned so much at that point. And so when I paid it off, it's just astonishing. You just can't even believe it because it's, you've been working on this thing and this idea for three years, five years, depending on how far you want to go back and say the beginning Mm -hmm. of the journey was. And, and truly uh, this has, I've heard this out there and I didn't understand it until I experienced it, but we all live life. uh, The majority of Americans live life assuming that you'll always have a car payment. You'll always owe money. You'll always have a house payment. You'll always have, yeah, the mortgage. And I think, uh, at least uh, in Europe, uh, I think the mortgage is, is, I mean, maybe not the car, but at least the mortgage is like, yeah, it's logic. Yeah, everybody has a mortgage. I mean, uh, I speak from what I know. Huh? I mean, like uh, where I lived in Norway, in, in Luxembourg, it's normal. Yes. In Belgium, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, I have a house. Yeah, of course, you have a few hundreds, a few thousands. I don't know. It's normal. Yes. And you just can't picture a life without mm-hmm. those things. And so yeah. as you edge closer to that goal, you start to believe and think and and be able to see outside the box where, oh my gosh, what would my life be like if I didn't have any payments? Mm-hmm. How yeah. much money could I have to myself if I didn't owe it? And those thoughts just never occurred to me before that time. And so when I finally paid off the car, I mean, it took me a couple of months to just believe that <laughs> that we had paid everything. And maybe realize it's because it's like, hey, <laughs> where did those payments go? Nobody knocks at the door. Uh, exactly. I have a bit of, I have all this money left in my account at the end of the month or whatever. Yeah, it's exactly. Just it's fantastic. Such a relief, yeah. such a a moment to be remembered. And uh, of yeah. course, the biggest moment is when you check the mail and you receive that clean, clear, brand new title with your name on it and your car is yours. Yeah, that's awesome. That's amazing. Wow. So wow, what, what, what an impressive story. I mean, I'm, uh, you know, I'm, I'm very impressed that you, you, you kept on... Uh, I mean, that you kept the drive to, to get out of this situation for like in three years long, yeah. maybe a bit, uh, maybe a bit longer, a bit, a bit, just a bit shorter, but it's three years focusing on one goal of, I mean, how difficult must have that been? Yeah? Oh, absolutely. Um, 
I couldn't have done it for sure without mm-hmm. the support of our friends. Like I said, you know, the mm-hmm. people that would say, you know, it's okay. We still want to see you. Can, can we just come over um, instead of making us feel bad that we couldn't go out? Yeah, yeah. We're going to the restaurant. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And mm-hmm. uh, because there were plenty of things that we said no to that we couldn't go to because we didn't have the money. And, mm-hmm. and, and that sounds very negative, right? Like I'm all about abundance now. And so you always want to say, it's not that we don't have the money. It's that we're allocating it somewhere else. Yeah. We, we choosing to do something else. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Yeah. But at that mm-hmm. time, I mean, we felt poor and, and that was hard because you go to work every day. We're both, like I said, we were degreed professionals and mm-hmm. everyone around you is, dressed up, got new jewelry, going to get their nails done, going out. To Had a lunch. nice uh, weekend <laughs> with whatever, shopping yes. or, yeah, of course, partying or dinner. Yes, yeah. all the happy hours and all of Yeah. <laughs> and here we are like, no, not today, not today, not today. But you say not today for three years and it really wears on you. Um, yeah. So my husband and I, luckily, we're a very good balance. And when I'm upset, he's on cloud nine. And Mm. when he's upset, I'm on cloud nine. So we (laughs) tend to balance each other out really well. And I'm so thankful for that. Um, There were definitely moments where I was upset about it and kind of hurt that this had happened. And there were many moments where I felt like my mom just didn't understand what we had done for her and and how Mm. much I had put my own family, my babies, at risk for her and mm-hmm. a large piece that started to work on me that still is very important to me is that I don't think children should have to be responsible for their parents or for, you know, even if it's like medical care or whatever, my goal now in my life is to set things up to where my kids are never going to have to take care of me. I don't want them to pay for medical bills. I don't want them to pay for mm-hmm. fees or, you know, just any of this stuff that I had to go through. And don't feel poor or don't, don't, yeah, not be in that situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now you want the, yeah, okay. Yeah, but that's, uh, exactly. I, I understand. And it's even stronger with uh, people like you. Yes, yes. So that, that's the thing. Yeah, I think that's uh, every parent's wish. But then for you, you, you even want to fight. More for oh, that. Oh yes, yeah. and yeah. and even oh, if even if someone's listening that doesn't have kids, mm-hmm. you never want to put your life in someone else's hands, right? You yeah, definitely would not. Ideally, set things up so that you know your your medical issues or you know whatever you need that's going on in mm-hmm. life as you get older that you have planned well and that no one else becomes responsible for you. And, and facing that firsthand, yeah, I, I venture to say that even if I didn't have kids, I would still feel this way because of the way that it affected my life. Yeah, I understand. Absolutely. Well, well, well thanks, Virginia. I mean, I, I just will end with a, just a last question because this is something I'm passionate about. Uh, thank you for sharing the story. It's very impressive. And thank you for being so open about it. I think... Uh, it will really help people listening. Uh, I just want to end with one question. Is it's because uh, I'm really into habits and stuff, and I just wanted to to understand or know. Uh, maybe during those three years, uh, you developed some uh, financial habits or savings, or uh, because yeah, you had to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> do you do you still keep those uh, a few of those habits that you had before, or do you clip coupons or look for rebates? I don't know if you. How, how do you, yeah, which habit have you taken? Which which um, uh, situations or habits didn't you take with you in your abundance life? Yes, um, th- I love that. Thank you. Um, habits are so important. Yes, so I still use cash envelopes. Oh, we yeah. still do our budgeting online. I use mm-hmm. Mint and YNAB. I love those programs. And... I now I teach personal finance all the time. And so 
not just my own experience, but things that I've learned from from the women that I've talked to that have gone through the same mm-hmm. thing or that are going through the same thing have have showed me the power of taking those emotions that that I felt mm-hmm. that I shared with you and using them as drive. And so anytime something makes me upset or I I tend to feel those emotions bubbling up inside, I am very thoughtful and and I plan mm-hmm. well. That's kind of my forte. I'm, I'm a really good planner, which is also why I was able to strategize and get out of that debt. Um, yeah, yeah. And, and so I really sit with it and I really think about how that emotion can fuel the fire to get me to where I want to go. Mm-hmm. And so this has been useful, of course, for our personal finances. This has been useful for my marriage, my kids, my business, um, so many things. But yes, the the cash budgeting has been huge. And then just paying attention, right? Just being aware mm-hmm. and not making choices that are going to throw you out of alignment with what you actually want. If you expect mm-hmm. to be able to spend a certain amount, mm-hmm. you've planned for. Don't make a decision that is going to wreck that plan. Stick to the plan. Stick, stick to yes, it. Yes. Yeah. You're going to feel good when you stick to it. Mm-hmm. You're going to um, enjoy that feeling of success when you check those numbers and they all match or you're under <laughs> budget, right? There's a little yeah, celebration yeah, yeah. there. And I learned what that felt like. And that was very different from the way that I had felt previously. And so I started to kind of vibe off of that success and build upon it and learn to use those emotions and breed further success. And I still practice a lot of that today. Awesome. Excellent. I mean, I'm uh, very impressed. And uh, yeah, I'm very thankful that you uh, took the time to, to share your story on the show. Um, actually, Virginia, you the last bit here, uh, you kind of uh, introduced the next part because I wanted to to uh, ask you, how can, um, what are you doing today, actually? So you started up a, a company this summer or just before the summer. And can you tell us a bit about that and how can people uh, reach you if they want, uh, yeah, if you, if you want to get in touch with you or get hear more from you, how, how can you do that? All right. Well, okay. So first let me say thank you for having me on. Thank you for letting me share my story. Um, I do think that it's a very lonely journey sometimes when you are feeling like you're drowning in debt. And that's how I felt. <laughs> and that's mm-hmm. why I've completely converted over and now I'm doing this full time. Um, you're right. I did launch my website in the midst of my financial journey, um, really towards the end, because I launched it about a year ago. It's happyhealthyabundance.net. And so I'm on Facebook. I am Virginia Elder. I'm on Instagram at Happy Healthy Abundance. And I'm financial coaching. And I help women who are in that exact situation where I came from, where they're struggling with debt and they want to build savings and they just don't really know where to start. That's really powerful. Like taking your own situation and taking the lessons you learn and help others that's uh, that's amazing yeah. that's i really love that thank you and of course for the listeners i uh, i will link all the uh, virginia's contact details and socials uh, in the show notes fantastic Thanks. so once again uh, do you have a last word maybe to to say for let's say maybe there's listeners who are in uh, depth of 10k 15k mm-hmm. do, you, do you have any last words for them uh, or encouragement or Yeah, whatever. I'll leave you there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, definitely encouragement, right? If um, I, I'll share with you that during our time when we were struggling to pay off debt, we, we had $80,000 in debt. Our combined mm-hmm. income was not over $100,000. So if you're looking at any level of debt, that's you know, 80%, 70%, 50% of your income value. It's hard. It's it's crushing. It's very, it could be depressing. Um, but we did it. And we had young children. And we had lots of things that came our way that we didn't expect. And we did it. It took consistency and um, focus, lots of focus and lots of sleepless nights. But 
we made it through. I can imagine. <laughs> <laughs> we made it through. And, and that's just one of those things, you know, we do live in an abundant world and it's all around us. But at that time in my life, I didn't choose to see it. I didn't choose to see how I could make my life abundant. Yeah. And it's just one of those things when you focus on what you want, that's, that's how you're going to get there. Yeah. Okay. Excellent. So that, that these were uh, excellent tips. And uh, Virginia, thank you again. And uh, of course, we need to meet at FinCon. <laughs> it's in less than a month now. Yes, so. That's so exciting. I can't wait. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be cool. So thank you again and uh, have a great day. You too. Thank you so much for having me. What a story, hey? I'm uh, still very impressed, I must say, by Virginia's courage, determination that she had for uh, three years to go from minus 80 to zero. Impressive. Very impressive. Anyway, just uh, before closing the show, I uh, just wanted to circle back uh, to the depth snowball method that she mentions. Yeah, this is a debt production method where uh, in case you have several debt on several accounts, for example, the 10 credit cards she uh, had, uh, this is where you, you prioritize paying the account with the smallest balance first while making minimum payment to the other uh, accounts. Uh, what this does is that it makes you pay uh, balances faster. I mean, small balances faster so, so that you knock down uh, each and every card one by one. Uh, so like Virginia had 10 cards. So I suppose that little by little she got nine, eight, seven, six credit card balances to pay. So little by little, she reduces the amount of bills you get. So it's very encouraging, an encouraging method because you see the positive effect straight away. And that pushes you to continue until you have no more debt left. And then you can start to live again. And with that said, I would like to thank you again for listening to the show. I hope you found it interesting and useful and that you find inspiration to take action in case you're in debt. And as a last note, please do not hesitate to contact me if you have any questions, any feedback. Uh, can be reached via email, john at johnnytalks.com. Or you can, of course, reach out through a social media account. I'm on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram at johnnytalks. I will wish you a fantastic day wherever you are, and I'll see you next time.